Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies, thanks for listening to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. Today, we have Allie Melendez with us, and I'm super excited to hear her story. She is an on-air TV host. She's an in-arena host. So if you go to the fun basketball games and all that fun stuff, and there's people that are making the fun happen at timeouts, that's her making it happen. So it's exciting. So she's created um, an on-air institute to help others with building confidence, getting out there, doing what they need to do um, to be inspiring, to be themselves and inspire others through being on camera and showing their faces and doing all the fun things. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of fun things to talk about. So I appreciate you taking time to be with us, Allie. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, your energy just went from like on to like on. On? Good. I think it's you. I get it from y'all. I get that electric shock being around you guys. This is great. So I love um, it so much. No, thank you so much for having me on. I, I can't wait to talk with the ladies. It'll be fun. So tell us about obviously TV hosting, that kind of stuff that it takes some extreme confidence, right? Um, but it's fun and something you really enjoy doing. So then you created the On Air Institute because you obviously by doing this, you know the steps it takes to get there. So that's awesome to create that to give back. But what kind of, um, could you kind of tell your story, like what led to this creation of the On Air Institute? Of course, darling. So uh, I always do this thing where I'm like, long story short, but I tell the long story. So I'm going full on long story long here. Um, okay. I, like <laughs> I grew up theater kid, like loved acting on stage, performing, you know, kind of impacting the audience to feel a certain way. And when I realized, okay, I got to kind of figure out what I'm going to do because I want to go to college and I want to study something and I want to continue to kind of make people feel good and, and impact them on stage. But I want to do it as me. Um, I don't really want to do it as a character. And so I got really uh, interested in learning about schools that had the you know broadcasting opportunities. And um, and I ended up going to SUNY Oneonta, this upstate school in New York. Shout out, ooh, ooh, Red Dragons. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I studied journalism, mass communications, broadcasting, the whole nine. Um, got super, super involved. I like to say that I am a proud nerd. So I was like juggling classes and then like six or seven clubs that I just wanted to learn as much as I could about the industry while I was there. And coming out of it, you know, it was like, it's hard in New York. It's a very competitive network over here, especially getting into broadcasting and especially getting into, you know, TV hosting, right? So it's like, well, where do I start? I had this experience. Mm -hmm. I feel good. Like I had this kind of inner knowing that I meant to do this, but I have no idea where the hell to start at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think I first realized how important it is to have a mentor or someone who can just kind of guide you in the right direction, who understands where you are are and where you want to go based on their experience and and their connections can help you get there. So I reached out to a lot of people through the gorgeous power of social media, our free networking friend tool that I have a love hate relationship with, and um, and I met a lot of people on there. And I was how you know how did you get into what you're doing? And I idolize you, and you know I love the way you do this. And I was able to kind of build a good network of people that I'm still close to to this day. And one woman in particular, Donna Drake, I actually started, I connected with her and she has a TV show on the local CBS, which is here in Long Island. And she was just really the first person like in the industry to give me that chance to be like, I feel your passion. I feel your energy. You know, let's see where this goes. And so 
being with her and seeing like, oh, real TV show, like up close in person, just obviously reiterated that I meant to be there. And I love doing that type of work. And through a series of connections and kind of just consistently putting myself out there, consistently nurturing relationships that I was making through social media, I was able to land my first live event hosting with the Long Island Nets. So Erin, as you said, amazing before. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like the hype woman at the games. It's just so much fun because it's like you just get to play and you get to perform and you get to engage with the crowd and get them super, super excited to be there in that moment, which of course then makes me feel really, really excited as well. So I was working with the Long Island Nets. I still am to this day. Um, they're the NBA G League affiliate to the Brooklyn Nets. So through them, I've been able to do backup hosting for, you know, Barclays Center for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I've done some stuff with a bunch of other sports teams here in New York because the deeper you get into working with sports here in New York, the more you realize everyone's kind of connected. It's actually weird. It's like a smaller and smaller group of, of higher ups, which I guess makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you get the attention of one person and then it kind of has a domino effect. And now I'm currently still with the Long Island Nets, still with the Brooklyn Nets, and also with the New York Red Bulls MLS team as their in-game host as well. So mm-hmm. lots of experience on the live event hosting side. Um, and we can get into what it takes to to show up and be confident in those spaces. Because right now during COVID times, it's limited capacity. But when they're back in action, Barclays Center holds like 22,000 people, you know, like the Red Bull Arena host, it has 30,000 seats. So it can get scary. It can get very scary. And it's definitely much different than than, you know, television hosting or being on the radio or, you know, hosting through an app or YouTube, whatever, all of which I have experience doing as well. (laughs) Podcasting. Yeah. (laughs) Podcasting as well, which is like, if you guys can see us, we're so casual. It's amazing. (laughs) I actually love podcasting probably the most, but yeah, like for that reason, but yeah, it's all different. And so it takes just like a bunch of different ways to tap into yourself to get you prepared mentally for the role at hand. So I have a lot of experience and now I can teach that to people who want to dive into this career because no matter what part of the career they want to get into, I most likely have the experience that can, that can help them grow. Love it. So a couple questions I wrote down during your story, because I feel like they're important for people to understand because you said the words consistency a million times. Mm -hmm. So that's really important because I feel like being an on-air host of a TV show or whatever, like there's that, like, it's not going to happen overnight. Your first phone call to someone that you're going to (laughs) become this person. But then Mm -hmm. also you talked about like, you found the right mentor, but you were online and you were connecting with a lot of people. So I'm curious how many no's did you get? Like how, how many times did you have to reach out to somebody before Donna came along? Right? Like it probably was not your first message. Oh you said. <laughs> no, I think by the time Donna like reached back out to me and was like, yeah, it's a go. It's a green light. I think at that point I was like done. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I decided I'm not doing an internship this summer. I decided I am done because honestly, like I, I received zero emails Mm -hmm. and probably out of, you know, I I sent probably a hundred, over a hundred emails for just connections, internships. How can I get myself started? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll literally get you coffee, like whatever, right. All the things Mm -hmm. that interns do um, when I was in college and I received more, I received no's, but I received nothing (laughs) like more so than like a no would have been more appreciated than like, like I would rather a no just to know that like you're, 
for acknowledging me as a human, <laughs> but, but yeah. no, I, I mean, it's, so it's discouraging to get a no, but I feel like it's even more discouraging to just be completely ignored, which happened even more than receiving a no. So yeah, Donna was really like, it was a, it was a timing thing with the universe yeah. because she was incredible. And she was definitely, I think, placed in my life at the moment she was meant to. Yeah, she's a really awesome person. And I love you something, keep going. Don't stop after one. (laughs) And and that's when, when I was listening to your story, there's a a few things that like really stood out. And I was just thinking like, I'm like the one, one worder. And I was like, perseverance, persistence, consistency, and then rejection. But yet how you picked yourself up and just kept going and knowing that no, whether you received a no or a unacknowledged No, you know, you just kept going. And that's something that's so important, you know, because it can really take a toll on our, on our, uh, like self-confidence, right? Because we know what we're called to do. Right. And it's like, so we can get in that, like, okay, there it is. Rejection after rejection after rejection. And you were just like, no, I am, I'm determined to make this work. However, which way possible. I see this calling for me. And I love that you just kept going because we see that so many times, like how many, how many times do women get a rejection on their first time? And they just say, okay, well, that's it. I'm going to throw on a towel and just give up on my dreams or, yeah, you know, maybe 100%. even a couple of times. Right. But you just over a hundred plus emails. Right. And you just said, mm-hmm. nope, just going to keep going. So I love that because, you know, kind of like, did, did it ever kind of like ding on your self-confidence or were you really just like, I'm, I'm making this happen regardless. Like, even if you had to take a step back, like kind of, you know, for our listeners who might feel like they're in that midst right now, how can you, what words of encouragement can you tell them to just keep going? Yeah, that's so good. A hundred percent. I felt that way. A hundred percent. I mean, I feel like I'm confident because I'm at a place where I finally feel very aligned with who I am. I have a good understanding of who I am at the core and what my beliefs are, but I didn't always feel that way, you know? And when you're growing up, you're, you're discovering new things. You're starting to see like, what feels good? What do I like? What am I confident about? Um, how do I want to show up in this world? So I think it's crucial for everyone to go through that time in their life where they are discovering themselves. Because even when you think you have a solid grasp on who you are and how you want to show up, that could change. You know, you could, you could keep changing and keep evolving. And so I'd say start by really just being aware of what feels good, you know, and, and how you can kind of tune into yourself and, and believe in yourself. Because as cliche as that sounds, Every single time you get a no and you will be rejected in life, a hundred times you will you will be rejected. Yes. But don't let that discourage you because that, like you said so perfectly, Rachel, is is a way for you to be like, okay, but I'm going to check back in with myself, with my self-belief. I know I'm meant to be here. I know I'm meant to, to do this. And so with that knowledge that I have, I'm going to keep reaching out to people. I'm going to keep being resilient. I'm going to keep showing up because I have a deep self-belief in in myself and in my abilities. And and I want to show up this way in the world. And so when you are super aligned with what it is you want, when you can have kind of that big picture and, and you know you want to work towards getting there, I feel like no matter what happens, no matter who says no or who doesn't say anything at all, it is so important to keep coming back to that because that it that triumphs all. And so every single time you get, you know, a, a rejection or maybe you you're 
scared of doing something out of fear of failure or fear of judgment, right? Always come back to that core belief and, and check in with yourself, you know? Do I, do I want to really still be doing this? Um, am I meant to do this? Do, does this make me feel good? Does this align with my beliefs? And if so, keep putting yourself out there. Like I said, be consistent, you know, keep, uh, keep nurturing connections that you make with people who actually do answer you and you never know who knows who, um, that could help you get a little bit closer to, to where you want to be. Yes. And I love it. Cause it's like, you know, with re- rejection, we think it's like the end all be all, but it really rejection is a redirection. And my mother always said, you know, no is not the final answer. And, you know, no for, means not right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just means not right now. It means redirection. Maybe you, you know, when you're hitting a closed door and it says, no, maybe you go around it. Maybe you go under it. Maybe you go over it. There's a, still a way to you get blow the damn through. thing up. Do whatever you need to do to get through it because you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, and that's exactly true. Like, you know, just because that no is like shutting your face now, it's just put a comma after it. Right. I was like this thing of it, like, okay, it's not for me now, or it hasn't happened yet. And so knowing who you are at the core is just like, I'm, I'm determined to make this happen regardless. Like maybe I have to put a pin in it for now, but either way I'm coming back to it. And I love how you said, like you kind of put a pin in it and then you relax. And all of a sudden now you got the yeah. response from the one woman who really believed in you and has helped change your life. And so that's empowering. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep on knocking, right? <laughs> so you're, you'll get the yeah, answer. Yeah, 100%. And I love that your mom said that too, because that's something my mom um, always said too, like, no, just means not right now. Or like, no, it means no for them, but something else is bigger. That's, you know, bigger is meant to be coming your way soon. So, you know, I feel like having um having a strong woman right a strong woman growing up and, and and surrounding yourself with them and their beliefs also helps to affect your confidence in the way that you handle being resilient and the way that you handle rejection so i i can say i owe a lot to my mom for helping me to build that that mental strength um especially throughout the time where we're teenagers and we're like oh, i don't really want to be close to my mom right but then it's like no you actually do <laughs> and you you want to be friends with with that woman who or, you know, not friends, but you want to be close to that strong woman in your life who always wanted the best for you, always supported you, always helped you to believe in yourself. And so I think that's so important too, is to take a look at the people around you. Um, Who out of them exudes confidence? Who out of them believes in you as much as you believe in yourself or believes in themselves so much, you know? And I feel like take some notes from them because the way that my mom was for me, like that's something that I hope to be for my children because I really do feel that I could have potentially at a time in my life, let those rejections get to me and just kind of, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't do this. Everyone thinks I shouldn't do it. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. And she would kind of shake me and be like, no, you know, (laughs) you love this stuff, you know, get out of your head and all that stuff. And so having a network of people who are in the industry that you want to be in and and successful in that. Of course, that's important, but just also being connected to someone close to you, you know, that, that believes in you, that can get you to believe in yourself too, is so, so important for, for how we show up in this world and how we exude confidence. Absolutely. So let's take this a step further. So you're doing all this work. You meet Donna we're getting this stuff. We're doing the internship. We're growing. Yes. Now comes mm-hmm. the first time where Allie is like, it's you. You're the, you're up. You're in front of the camera. It's game time, right? Like, this is what you've been preparing for. Like, oh, yeah. obviously, 
there's different levels, different devils, right? So it's one, getting your foot in, growing, that kind of stuff. So what mm-hmm. was that feeling like your first time being like, I'm doing this, right? Like you got to exude that confidence and you probably have that confidence from going through the, <laughs> right? You do the reps for something over and yep. over and over again, right? But then at the same time, there's that different little nervousness in your belly. So what kind of tips do you have for like getting through that? Okay. Take it one step at a time because I was like the freaking wolf, right? I was like, I got this. Like, I'm going to nail this. This is what I meant to do. I worked so hard for this. I did all the the clubs, yada, 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 right? So I nailed the audition. They invite me in two, three more auditions. I find out I get the job. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, can't be, you know, this is amazing. This is what I meant to do. Feel like a badass. Feel Mm -hmm. so confident. It's the first game. Okay. I'm given the mic. I'm given the rundown. I'm I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. You can. I'm fucking shaking. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I got this. I got this. Go behind the scenes. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, because it's it's a whole, like you said perfectly, Aaron, every new level has a new devil. So now that I actually secure the job and it's like, okay, holy shit, this is real life. And like now I actually have to do what the job is asking me to do um, and to show up as this super confident public figure, you know, host, life of the party kind of person that I set out to be in my audition. So it's kind of like thinking about like the best version of you, right? Like who do I want to be out there? And maybe it's not like you all the time, but who can you be that is that life of the party, right? Like channel the qualities about you that you know will will translate in that role the best. And so like, okay, I love hosting like parties at my house. I love, you know, making people laugh, making people smile. Like I love being the jokester of my friend group. Um, You know, so things like that, that were that weren't new to me, things that I already loved. I was like, okay, channel that and then just dial up the energy a little bit more. Like dial up that performance element a little bit more. It's still you, but it's you times like, you know, 25. (laughs) So I think that, um, I think that giving yourself a pep talk, right? Like the, the words and the thoughts that you have going into anything is super important because, you know, our words and thoughts, I'm sure you know this, like, you know, that kind of affects our beliefs, which then affects our actions, affects our reality, right? So essentially we're in control of our reality. And anytime you feel like you don't have a grasp on it or you get nervous, I would just kind of come back to like, okay, I believe in myself, check, right? I feel good. I feel like I can be the life of this party because I sold it in my audition and I know that I'm meant to be this person, check, good. Now next, okay, what do I do for my physical nerves, right? So anytime you're showing up, in anything that you're doing where you're nervous, you can channel that energy into enthusiasm. Uh, it's the same energy. It's the same frequency that you're operating with, with nerves and enthusiasm. It's just a matter of kind of making sure it's coming out that way instead of from a place of fear. Um, so what I do is just get super grounded. Like every single time before I go out for whatever I'm hosting, especially live events, I always give myself a few moments to just breathe, get very grounded, and to just focus on just giving the audience like every bit of me, like the best parts of me, um, making sure that they have fun. Because when you're broadcasting or hosting, like whatever it may be on any platform, your goal is to serve the audience. And so when you remember that it's, it's not about you, you know, it's about just really making it the most for them, really being like this host of this party and, and, you know, you got this, um, and just giving yourself a pep talk. I think that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mentioned consistency so much before is because every 
single time I did that, that kind of became like my pregame, like, okay, I'm feeling nervous. So I'm going to go through like my checklist. Right. And that became like my pregame ritual. And so now I just do it kind of like naturally in my head. It's like, yep, believe myself. Yep. Breath work. Yep. This got my lines. I know what I'm have to do. Right. And so the more consistency you have with your practice and whatever, you know, works for you, the more that you will just perform better and, and just be better, obviously. Like practice with anything, right? The more right. you do it, the better you are. So, so yeah, for sure. I was so nervous. I still get nervous to this day, but now I just have a system that helps me deal with it a little better. Yeah. How many times would you say, if you had to estimate, you've been in front of a live audience? Just, mm, my God. No, there's a follow-up next- <clears throat> question to this. So it doesn't have to be. Since 2017. So like a lot. (laughs) Okay. Like way over a hundred times. Okay. So out of those 100 times that you've been in front of a live audience, were all of those perfect? You've made zero mistakes. Oh my God. No, I still make mistakes. Okay, listeners, pay attention. You're going to make mistakes. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. You are going to make mistakes every single time. What matters is that A, most of the mistakes you make, you're the only one who notices them. So like that's, mm-hmm. that's right off the bat. The first thing to remember is that let's say I mix up the names of two contestants and whatever, doing something on court, right? Okay. The audience doesn't know their names. I mean, whatever, like, that <laughs> did happen one time, but like it was like early on and I just like couldn't let it go. And so I feel like it affected the rest of my performance, but no, no one else cared. No one else yeah. knew that. Everyone was just like, yeah, you go, like get, you know, three pointer, right? Whatever. Who's going home with the prize pack? They don't care. They're just excited to be watching some of their peers on the court. And so when you are able to realize like nobody cares <laughs> really as much as you think they do not yeah. to be an ass about it, but that's yeah. just true with anything in life. No one ever cares as much as we think they do. <laughs> and most of the, you know, most of the, Oh shit, like I messed up or like I could have done this and I could have done that is just all coming from you. Uh, we are our own hardest critics. So that's number one. Like they probably didn't even notice. Number two, try to not overcomplicate things by, adding more words, right? So something that I learned to get really good at is to, instead of like memorizing, you know, talking points verbatim, what's the core of what I'm trying to say, right? What's the who, what, where, when, why, and how? And that's what I try to memorize. And then all the extra filler words, I just say as as if it's a conversation to the audience, as if they're my friend, right? So instead of trying to like memorize everything or be like, oh my God, I think I messed up that sentence or whatever, because then you start to get in your own head, you start to overthink, and then that's how you make a lot of mistakes, at least for me. So the more I can simplify, slow down my words, talk to the audience like they're my friends, and anytime you make a mistake, just go with it, like flow with it. It is absolutely okay. It makes you human, and nine times out of 10, the audience will not even notice any of the mistakes you make. And if you think about being an audience member, right? And watching someone on stage and let's say it's like a super cringy performance and like, you know, they're lip singing, but then you kind of hear their voice and it's like, Ooh, it makes you feel weird. Like the audience always wants you to, to, to do your best. They're always rooting for you. So when you think about them having your back because they want to see you perform your best, the more they're able to relax a little bit into it, the more that you're just uh, again, it takes practice. <laughs> it takes yeah. consistency. Um, but yeah, I make mistakes all the time. They're super minor, so, you know, most of the time, which is great, but I still notice them. And so you just got to flow with it. That's yeah. it. 
Right. And, and consistency breeds confidence, right? So like when you just keep showing up and putting in the reps and doing the work, you get better at doing whatever it is you do. And so when we get in our head and we think about those things, that's kind of where like that paralysis can happen. But, you know, for, yeah. for somebody like me, I mean, my book, Chasing Perfection, like I am a perfectionist, but only at certain times. And it's like, when we start seeing that kind of pop up, it's about now, like just getting through it and taking that imperfect action and realizing, just like you said, nobody else notices except you. And so when we can get out of our head and just go again, keep to that place of like, I'm here just having a good time. And my people are here having a good time. What's the big deal? Right. But it's hundred percent. Right. And sometimes we just kind of like, let it, let it go and like roll off our backs and stuff and just kind of keep moving yeah. forward. But you know, and that just kind of in hindsight, looking back and just be like, that was just a learning curve, like no big deal. Nobody even like blinked about it. So, and so, yeah, I mean, just kind of going back consistently showing up, doing the reps and that is, you know, how we can, um, really incorporate more confidence in, in our everyday life, whether we're on or off the court. Right. So I love that. I love that you keep bringing up that word consistency and confidence. So it's so empowering. That's it. And I love that you said the thing about perfection, because I definitely want to talk about that for a moment. Um, and I definitely have to read your book. Oh my God. I'm so excited about that. Okay. But that's besides the point. <laughs> so you know this, cause you said this basically, I'm going to say it the same way in different words, but I think perfectionism is the cock block to creativity. I mean, 100%. it's straight up like that's, that's it. And can so I quote that, please? When you can <laughs> we're going to put that in the quote. Can. That's going to Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely can. The Red Bulls are going to be like, wait, what did you say? That's out of the contract. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, for sure. So, but it's true. Like think of, you know, you know, think about it. It's like anytime you set out to do something where it's perfect, you're hindering the ability to show up as your most creative and free flowing way, you know? And I feel like, um, especially in this industry, when you're able to be creative, when you're able to think outside the box when you're able to really just be quirky and be yourself and just show up in that way instead of trying to think about, okay, how should I act? And how is my diction? And you know, what are the words I'm saying exactly? Uh, it really does take away from just showing up authentically um, and having fun with, with what you do. So yeah, I'm like, I'm not about perfection. I mean, that's why I was like, I'm hoping this is on camera, but I am fresh out of the shower. I just had a few things I had to do this morning. You know, it's like, it is what it is. This is who I am. This is how I have to show up. So when you are able to just be okay with knowing that, with knowing that taking messy action and, and just taking it without it being perfect, just showing up again, showing up consistently. Don't, don't wait for the perfect time to show up and start doing the things that make you feel good, that make you feel, you know, aligned with, with this highest version of you start taking that action now. And I think that that's so important to note for, for just anything we do, right. It's just like, just start to take the action and you'll learn and grow as you go. But the first step will never happen. If you keep waiting for this quote unquote, perfect time that just doesn't exist. Right. And, and I, I read a quote recently and it said, perfectionism is the lowest standard we can set because it's unachievable. Mm -hmm. And when I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so powerful. Cause I was like, it's true. Right. Because we're not hitting a mark that is achievable. So as in your terms, and I wrote this down because I absolutely love it. Perfection is the cock block of creativity. And it really is right. Because yeah. it holds us stuck, right? We can't achieve. We can't do. We're so caught up in that moment. Is it perfect? What can I do to perfect it even more? But what got done, right? So 
it's, you know, taking that messy, imperfect action and, you know, you're going to refine it and learn and grow each time we mess up that only we know, and we just keep showing up, doing the work and every single time you get better. Uh, Yeah. And if you aim for perfection too, just quickly to close this out, it's like, what are you even aiming for? Because it's a construct that's different to everybody. My perfect day is completely different than Erin's perfect day, than Rachel's perfect day. Like we all have an idea of what a perfect day is. And I guarantee it is completely different for the three of us. And so if we're judging, you know, what perfection is based on that, I mean, everybody has a different idea of what perfection is, which means it can't actually be attainable. You know, right. it's just, there's just no way for it to be attainable for everyone. Amen. Like, hundred percent. Very philosophical and deep, I feel like. But it's yeah, true. yeah. Sometimes we just need a reminder, right? Because we're yeah. caught in our head and we're just like, oh, okay, yep, that was really good. I just need that reminder. So here's your reminder perfection doesn't exist. Let it yeah. go. Just keep showing up. So awesome, awesome. I'm so I'm so excited, you know, just like to for our listeners to hear this because there's so many good tips and takeaways and little nuggets dropped throughout this entire episode. So if you want to just do a quick recap of anything you really want to leave the listeners with, as well as how they can get in touch with you, how they can follow you. Yes, for sure. So, I mean, this is all about being a confident woman. So I'll give my quick tips on just how you can start to really connect with that confidence. Um, And again, as mentioned earlier, it's just about being really aware about what fuels you and what makes you feel good. Um, And what, you know, how can you start to believe in yourself a little bit more? How can you start to see yourself as if you are your own, you know, biggest cheerleader? And I think once you do start treating yourself that way, you will naturally start to feel more confident. And then tip two is a tangible tip that I love because right now in this day and age where Zoom is basically keeping us all together and keeping all the, you know, work coworkers together. If you are feeling like you want to show up a bit more confidently on air, even if to you that just means a Zoom meeting, you can start with power postures. And so what those are, are just, I mean, the kind of what, what they sound like, right? So instead of slouching, try to see if you can sit up a little bit taller, be a little bit aware of, you know, your eye contact. And I talk with my hands all the time, like, like you can see that. Um, but what about the way that you can speak and use your body and use your body language can help you to emphasize something or to help you, you know, point something out where it just furthers that belief uh, that you have and whatever you're saying. So I feel like, again, coming back to your body language and how you show up that way, the more that you can be aware of that and hold these kind of power postures, practice them in the mirror if you want, see how it feels, try them on, uh, the more that you're able to start to feel confident as well. And then lastly, give yourself some love, give yourself some grace. I think that in order to feel confident, it's knowing what your limits are um, and respecting those boundaries, you know? So on days where I'm like, okay, I have like six things I got to do today and all of them require me being in full face makeup and all these things. Cause normal, I don't really love makeup to be honest. Like I look for opportunities where I am not wearing makeup because that makes me feel my best. Um, it's just kind of like letting it all breathe and being natural. And so I know that after that last, you know, moment where I can take my makeup off, like I'll give myself that time to, to do a facial, right? To, to whatever, do my like skin regime and do the gua sha and like whatever makes me feel good because I know that I, um, 
want to do that for myself to, to continue to feel good and to continue to feel aligned with who I am at my core. So when you just really start to be aware of, of who you are and put that person out, right, consistently and take messy action, right, you're going to fall in love with yourself and you're going to automatically become way more confident than you've ever been. Oh my gosh. So many good, good tips. And, you know, everything is going to be in the show notes because it like, we don't want you to miss this episode and forget about it because it's going to be listed there as well. But (laughs) so tell, tell our audience how we can uh, find you and follow you and connect further. Yeah. So um, my main jam is Instagram. So you can slide in those DMs as long as you're not creepy. No, I don't do feet pics. Yes. That's been asked of me. Um, (laughs) Even though, no, I'm totally joking. And so you can find me at Ali.Melendez and I'm there for you. Connect with me. I'd love to, to hear, you know, your interests and, and all the good things that resonated with you from today's call. So, yep, I'd lo- I would love it. And that's really it. If you want more information about my you know, career and stuff like that, my website is AliMelendez.com. Well, thank you so much. We're we're so excited that you're here and just sharing everything with our audience. So we're looking forward to following along and connecting further. So thanks again. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.